0: Hello, welcome to episode 51 of the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but just ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm joined, as always, by our co-host and lead pastor, Brett Nicholson.
1: And I still love the title co-host of the podcast yeah. better than the lead, lead pastor. pastor title. That's right. I, I was saying just right before we turned on, though, that people have been saying to me Maybe it should become senior pastor now. And I think what they mean by that is, yeah, it's it's starting to look the part.
0: (laughs) I don't think so, Brett. I think you're still lead pastor. Okay, good. All right. right. You let me know when senior needs to happen, I'll...
1: I'll just uh, say it. I'll yeah. introduce
0: you that way sometime on the okay, podcast, and then I'll, you'll know. Then
1: they'll know I've Spend arrived.
0: <laughs> um. uh, and it, we're excited today. We're joined today by uh, Phil Heller, who's the lead pastor at Crossroads. And uh, it was really exciting. A couple weeks ago, Brett and I we're talking about, hey, who's some people we should think about having on the podcast? And Phil's name came up. I'm like, that sounds fun. Let's mm-hmm. like to know Phil. So um, first of all, thanks for coming on, joining us today. i would excited to get to know you a little bit better, and oh, um, we'd love to just start out kind of getting to know you. Tell us a little bit about you.
2: Sure. So uh, I hail from the great state of Kentucky, though I've lived most of my adult life in Indiana. Okay. So you can move the boy out of Kentucky, but not so much get the <laughs> Kentucky out of the boy. You know, so, what part of Kentucky? So, Maysville, Kentucky. Okay. So Booming metropolis, fifteen thousand people.
1: Um, about eastern, western, central. Th-
2: yes, we say northern Kentucky because if I say I'm from eastern Kentucky, you might think I married my sister or <laughs> <I> don't have <laughs> shoes or stuff like that. So, about sixty yeah. miles. east. That's of exactly time. what so I would think. think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So near Cincinnati, that was the town we enjoyed spending time with and going to the mall, things like that. So grew up there, uh, met my wife in college, and uh, then we moved to Evansville uh, in 1996 to join Crossroads as a student pastor. Okay. So served there, and then uh, served here for about seven years and then moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and most recently served for the past 13 years at a church in Noblesville outside of Indianapolis, so... And then lo and behold, God just has this really awesome sense of humor, and here we are back in Evansville, seventeen years later. <laughs> yeah,
1: cycled him all the way back. Wow. And, and I can say I remember when Phil was here before. I mean, we didn't know each other real well, but we'd run into each other occasionally because I did college ministry at that time, and he was doing student ministry at, at Crossroads. And and uh, I, first of all, I always knew he was just a great guy from when I ran into him. And when I heard he was coming back, I was like, that is the perfect the perfect move for mm. Crossroads to make right mm. now. I really did think that. I thought That's of all right. the people in the world, uh, mm. Bill's the right guy, and he is, and you're going to discover that more and more. But you've had quite a journey. I mean, you've put like – you were in Louisville. You were at Southeast Christian, yes. uh, which is famous for Kyle Ademann, I think, yeah. for most people of this generation. And uh, you serve under Kyle?
2: Yeah. We were there about okay. the same time. He arrived about a year before me, and then uh, we got to know each other through okay. uh, just doing ministry together. We had some kids about the same age. so oh, okay. It, so I'm, you like uh, Kyle? Okay.
1: It's yeah. okay to say. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> of
2: course, he's an awesome teacher and uh, just a great guy behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah.
1: Now, well. he is the lead pastor there now, right? Correct. He's, he's yeah. moved in that in that spot. Yeah. Good. Just in the past, I think six
2: months, uh, he's now and, and so, to think about 17 years, years uh when he was serving there there was already a lead pastor but he had been on staff for 17 years waiting for this moment to be the lead pastor so that's a it's a lot of patience yeah it is yeah. Wow. And then you went up to
1: Indy, and yeah. what was your what what capacity did you serve in up there? So
2: I served there first as a discipleship pastor, oversaw small groups and Bible studies, men's and women's ministry, and then about two or three years into that, serve there they asked if I'd step into an executive pastor title or role. So served there uh, the past eleven years, just leading the team, spending a lot of time with strategy and uh, people development and leadership development, a lot of fun
1: things. So. Yeah. So in doing all these different things, what's kind of your zone? What's Mm -hmm. your your favorite thing to do? You did the executive pastor thing, which I got to do as well. I mean, is it the strategy stuff? Is Mm -hmm. it the more pastoral traditional stuff? What is it?
2: I'd say, first of all, it's people. I mean, whether I was leading volunteers or leading staff, just seeing people come alive, first of all, in their faith, but also in their calling, Uh, that really gets me out of bed. Still to this day, I mean, lots of responsibilities have overlap between what I was doing the past 13 years and the opportunity I have now at Crossroads. But I'd say the the thing that's universal is just I love people. I love serving people. I love pointing into them and and hopefully watching their lives flourish in Christ and, and in His kingdom. So... Uh, whether that involves teaching or mopping the floor, I, I really don't care as long <laughs> as somebody's life is be getting better and, and blossoming because of it. Excellent answer.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm curious, you said it was 17 years between being uh, in Abizal before and now being in Abizal now now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 17 years and that, and that time you've been away, What's been different? What have you seen about Evansville since you've been back?
2: Oh, wow. I could start probably with what's the same. Like, yeah. there's still construction on the Lloyd. Yeah, that's that, true. That was okay. true. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but quickly, what has changed? First of all, the downtown of Evansville. Wow, wow. that's awesome to mm-hmm. see just the right. redevelopment. When when I lived here before, I really hardly ever went to downtown. There just wasn't a lot there other than the Civic Building yeah. or to make some hospital calls. And, right. And know, they
1: almost uh, always were trying to get people to go down there. Yeah. That, that happened most of my lifetime and no yeah. one wanted to because yeah. there wasn't anything there. And now people do want to, because there yeah. are things. So you notice that. Good. Yeah. Just this past
2: Friday, we went down, we uh, visited the Potter's Wheel to mm-hmm. kind of see that ministry. That was uh, not something I experienced when I was here the first time. Uh, then we bought my daughter a birthday cake downtown and uh, went to eat at Comfort. I mean, those are just some things off the top that are just, those things weren't here when we yeah. lived here before. So, um, you know, that's been really exciting. Certainly we have lots of friends that we knew 17 years ago, some we've stayed in contact with over the years. Um, it's been real exciting to reconnect with people. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a young man baptizing his daughter. And when I looked close, I realized that it was Nathan who I'd probably baptized 17 years ago. Oh, and wow. Now he has a 10-year-old daughter he's baptizing, which took me a moment to recover <laughs> that I'm that yeah, old. Yeah, that's watching. right. It's very rewarding it? on one hand, but on yes. the other hand, you might be wearing that senior title too. That's coming right. coming up real yeah. soon. And, and then, uh, you know, just meeting brand new people. So uh, that's both of those have been really, really exciting invigorating you yeah
0: yeah yeah it's, it's fun I mean there's like you said that you said there you basically did everything downtown you mm. got to stay downtown and continue to do things that have like one thing and then leave and um it's always fun to hear that especially people are coming back and seeing the exciting things going on mm. um in the community
1: and in that sense have you is there any noticeable difference in the people uh, like you mm. remember in the culture just uh from 17 years ago the culture was this and now it feels like that whether it's in the church or just outside the church? If there's not, that's fine. I'm just kind of yeah. curious because you, you got to look at things from a vantage point. Most of us don't.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say any noticeable difference. I mean, it seems like kind of a Midwestern town. I've I've kind of stuck around the Midwest most of my life, and so some of that feels uh, very culturally the same. Um, I wouldn't say that it feels starkly different. Obviously, the most noticeable difference is more of a north-south thing. So uh, going Meaning- from... Well, going from Evansville to Louisville, I didn't notice too much difference in the way people relate to others. Pretty warm yeah. and friendly and never yeah. seen a stranger, kind of that small town feel. And even though the town I lived in uh, north of Indy was was small, Noblesville, it felt small, but there was kind of a north mentality that is a little bit there, a little more um, uh, standoffish, <laughs> a little more, uh, it took a little bit to kind of get connected to people even though uh, lots of people were transient to that community, didn't grow up there all their life, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: well, that is interesting. So there really is, and then we always say about Henderson, because we have a site in Henderson, that yeah. when you cross the river, it goes, it kicks into the true Southern hospitality feel. Yeah. I mean, you and you can notice that big time. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they think, I, I'm sure of Evansville as having that Northern feel that you just described <laughs> yeah. in Indy, but you saw it in Indy even more. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't and, know how to cure all that, but uh that's possibly kind of a thing of uh, we need to work on. But <laughs> sure. yeah they, it's uh,
0: always fun to yeah, figure that out, and see yeah. that and especially between the campuses and yeah, it's I when I visit Henderson and people always come up and give me hugs and mm. at the east campus people are like get away. You know, it's like walk yeah. away from it. That's
1: about it. It's like further south, I guess uh-huh. people just hug all the time down in Georgia or something like that. Just, yeah. How that goes.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a picture of what the North South mm-hmm. I'm speaking of is like. Uh, there was a standoffishness, or just like, I have my space, and this right. is kind of where right. I live in. And maybe just a little more um cynical or skeptical initially. um Like, it's nice to know your name, but that's kind of where I want to leave it right now until I've kind <laughs> of earned some trust. And so, in a ministry context, when really the I would say, you know, relationship is the yeah. uh, is the currency of ministry. Trust plays so much into that. It just took a little longer for that to develop. Mm. And um, I, I don't think it took as long as it might be if you were from the East Coast or maybe the West
1: right. Coast. But And there may so. be a little fluency thing there because mm. I remember when, years ago when we did the door-to-doors thing, I remember going door-to-door just to survey people, what they thought about church and all those. Honestly, in some of the more under-resourced neighborhoods, we would sit and have full conversations and people would invite us in and do all these things. When we went into the nicer neighborhoods and more affluent ones, people truly looked at us with suspicion. Now that's not just a blanket, you know, kind of knock on people who are more affluent, but it did come off that way and felt that way. So maybe it travels somewhat that way with geographically. Uh, now that you're at crossroads and you've kind of how long have you been here
2: again uh since uh june the 15th
1: okay so you're you're just barely in the water yeah, here yeah. and uh are, are there <laughs> are there things you're seeing and now that you are, are that you're uh, and looking forward to and, hey, we're going to emphasize this? Are you still kind of in observation mode?
2: I'd say a little bit of both. So uh, it's been fun to kind of relearn a group of people mm-hmm. that I loved and and led for a period of time and, and to identify what are some of those things that are still true about, uh, about the people that I, I'm now called the shepherd. I'd say as a whole, Crossroads has always had a real heart for God's word uh, they've always been a, a a group of people who uh, are strong with worship. That, that's a way that they express themselves. I also re- uh, remember uh, keenly when I was here the first time a real heart for the world, and very specifically outside of the U.S. borders. And we we spent a lot of time and money and resources on yep. reaching people who were you know living in a different country, a different continent. And one of the things that's different is a real heart for this city, a real heart for you know their neighbor as well as the mm-hmm. nations. And that's really exciting. And so. I would say that begins to draw a picture of like, where could we put some effort and energy? And um where also kind of, can I join God where he's working? A noticeable difference maybe about when I was here the first time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you notice that uh, you said as a difference, mm-hmm. like, uh, like I do remember the, the emphasis on foreign missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, I've known that about Crossroads for a long time, mm-hmm. but you... You did say the word difference, and that's always been, but maybe something new is kind of the more local thing. Yeah, and I would say
2: back in those days, it wasn't like they didn't care about their neighbor or somebody who was um, underserved or under-resourced here in their community, but there was definitely a a more focus and a more uh, strategic mindset toward uh, the nations and, and toward the world, so I definitely recognize that as a difference and uh, really connects with my heart. Um, I probably learned uh, in the past 17 years how to love my neighbor a little bit better. It's one thing you can get a passport, fly on an airplane, and you know be Jesus to someone, but how do you do that to the person who lives across the fence uh, in your backyard yeah. or to the you know person that your kids go to school with their parent? Um, yeah. That that really has uh, been a learning curve for me over the past. 15, 17 years. And, um, so to see a group of people who are excited about that, learning how to do that and can kind of join in with them in that learning curve is, is real exciting. Now,
1: how, and now that you've been in it for 17 years, well, you've been away from Evansville for 17 Mm -hmm. years, but over the course of your ministry career, speaking of that neighbors and, and people who are in church, what are some of the changes you've seen in people in general, uh, just in terms of how they react to the things of the gospel or the Bible or uh, just anything like that. Have you seen any shifts go on in people's minds that are noticeable?
2: Yeah, I would say even here in the Bible Belt, there's certainly becoming a, a, a separation between those who would say they follow Christ or go to church who are Christian and those who are okay saying that they don't. I don't think that that's something that was true of the Midwest, you know, maybe even 10 years ago, right. but it seems like people are a little more differentiated in that. And, um, you know, we've heard about that on the the coasts. We've heard about that in some other uh, maybe major cities, but I think that's a new phenomenon uh, or just a new reality that we have to deal with. I don't know that the remedy is any less um it's, it's about being authentic being an authentic follower of Christ that's true in any kind of culture in any kind of situation but people's uh, their authenticity th- their willingness to just say you know great for you I'm not really in that uh, that that was around back you know 15 20 years ago but I think People are much more comfortable and much more prone to say that up front than just be nice and kind of pat Mm -hmm. us on the head a little bit as as Christians. Which, yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
2: it it requires a different response more than just
1: authenticity. Right, and even more so in the north, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As far as
2: like you know, three hours north can be right. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: And, And what would you say? You say a different response. Like, what? What's that look like? As we see that happening more, like, what would? I don't know, we have things that we say that we do around here, but like what's something that you would say, I don't know, that's just different the way that you would speak Mm. to someone now as Mm. opposed maybe you would speak to when you did expect everyone kind of was thinking similar.
2: Maybe be less assuming, Mm. you know, so maybe uh, to not assume that they might be familiar with some biblical terms or biblical stories or just the whole um, kind of uh, maybe theological perspective. We wouldn't use those words ever, right? But just their understanding of biblical things or of God, they're not starting at a at a base level that probably 15 20 years ago you could probably find a few common stories a few common uh, knowledge points to start from so just try to not assume too much anymore mm. just uh, try to uh, be intentional about the, uh, the the references i make be intentional about the conversation um and and, and not uh not pass any judgment or not also assume they may understand something that they, they really don't.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot, it, it nearly as much built in knowledge mm-hmm. uh, of uh, biblical things and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, you know, you're, you're from a, a church here in, in town in, in Evansville and, and uh, we're obviously at One Life and, and there's been, in my view, cause I've been here, I haven't left and come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there has been more effort to unify churches.
2: Um, probably in uh, Noblesville most recently. I've tried to be an instigator for that, if that's a positive way to look at that word, a <laughs> catalyst for that. Yeah, that's a, I like and, instigator. Uh, it's yeah. okay. That's all right. We'll, so, t- we'll take it. I would say it played out more on a relationship basis. So um, Father Tom, who leads Our Lady of Grace in Noblesville, I mean, uh, we were friends. We we talked a lot about probably the stereotypes that we each had about each other, and he, and he admitted, that uh, he might have more stereotypes about uh, evangelicalism than I might have about Catholicism. But we tried to just... Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Can, was, we, can you name a few? Oh, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a like funny your... story instead. How's sure, that? Oh, so fine. we sat out in front of this coffee shop, and we would meet there and just, just talk as friends, just encourage each other, talk about shepherding people, that which is definitely something we had a common heart for. And so, you know, we'd be having coffee, and somebody come up and say, Hey, Father Tom, and he would speak to them, and... You know, two minutes later, be, hey, hey, Phil, how are you going? So we we, we had those exchanges for quite some time. And finally he said, um, five to two. I was like, what? He said, five to two. I was like, I mean, what are you talking about? He's like, I have known five people, you've known two. You know, you catch up your game. And so <laughs> <laughs> we're talking a little bit longer, and somebody else, hey, Phil, he's like, you're catching ground five to four now. You know, so we just <laughs> right. played this. We ended up uh, having to find a different place to meet because we wanted to talk. We wanted to have a relationship and we were always being interrupted by
1: people from our congregations. Right, okay, okay. But, uh, and then, but did you end up winning in the uh, end? Just
2: I would just say, here's what I said to him all the time. I said, you know, most people call you father, but I call you brother. <laughs> yeah. That kind of speaks to uh, the heart we were trying to nurture is that sure. what we have together, what we, what we have in common is probably a lot bigger than what we may differ on. And so right. just right. kind of held loosely to the things we would differ on and, and really leaned into the things that we had in common. And, and I think that's what unity does. It doesn't disregard those things that might right. separate, but it chooses to accentuate the things that we have in, in common. And I've found th- there's probably a lot more in common that we can celebrate. Let's do that, right? It's yeah, like absolutely. And, and, absolutely. Uh, and and hopefully build the kingdom together. Yeah, and
1: we'll continue to look y- to you as an instigator. These these unity things. It's and good. Yeah.
2: People know me well might think that that's a proper title.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I've watched the efforts to do that through the years and it's again, it's never I don't think people have ever been resistant to the mm-hmm. idea. Maybe we have secretly or something, but a meaningful unity has always been the question. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, let's all do this event together. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Well, you're piling on top of your own schedule <laughs> things you're already doing. Uh, but what I've watched over the last few years, and we had Chet Todd on here last week, because mm-hmm. he has just gathered up a group of pastors to pray together. Yeah, Pretty simple, yeah. but I, I thought, that's genius, and I've watched it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we can pray for each other, and through prayer, you do relate, and you do speak out. You'll, you'll te- typically go a little bit deeper than you would otherwise because you'll speak out of the things that are really concerning you or pray out of the things that are concerning you, and uh, that's been— the simple expression of unity that I've seen be more effective Mm. than events together or whatever else. And uh, that's why I wondered if there were other things that you'd seen, whether in Louisville or Indy in your other context that helped, or was it that, or was it just Mm. hanging out with uh, the Catholic priest at the coffee shop?
2: Well, I've already kind of, you know, shown my cards. I view everything through relationships, Mm -hmm. right? So um, Father Tom would say like, I don't really need to get my people to do something that you want to do. I can't even get them to do what I need them to do, right? <laughs> so I'm yeah. real excited there to promote it, my church, something that your church needs done, right? And right. and what he was basically saying, let's let's reunite around things that are more of the heart. Uh, let's uh, exactly. let's build relationship and friendship. And what comes out of that are are much more natural expressions of unity as opposed to, in Nicole, we all held hands together and, and did this one thing, as opposed to, no, we actually are in, engaging with each other in yep. meaningful relationships. So yep. I think that's what I've noticed even coming back 17 years later. I've seen people that I knew from the days gone by, has rekindled a relationship. I mean, that's how I would describe you and Brett and I. You know, I mean, we met at a coffee shop here recently. It's like, you know, and somebody's like picked up right where we left off. And that's 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 because of the relationship we had then as opposed to like we all, you know, served at some event together. And so I think that's what has been really special to me coming back, whether it be fellow pastors or people from the congregation or just people I knew in the community, Mm -hmm. Um, just running into them, having a relationship and kind of, uh, coming back to that has been
1: really, really uh, special to me. I don't know about them. I can't speak for them. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, to me. <laughs> I can't speak for them either, but it has been for me. Oh, so good, that's, good, that's good. great. And we, and, and during, and through the years we've, we have had, um, a good relationship with, with Crossroads and, and the people that go there and, and, uh, leaders that are active there. Mm. And, uh, we've had mission in common, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Uncharted International is, uh, one of the things I just went on a mission trip with Mark Whited, yeah. uh, who's over at uh, the mission sky over at crossroads. And Mm -hmm. so that relationship has always been there and we've wanted to build that up instead of, uh, just keeping it somehow separate or whatever. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. that
2: that means a lot to me. I mean, just that, uh, that, that mutual, uh, commitment to God's mission. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just being able to lock arms together, that's huge. And I appreciate you being proactive to that toward me. That means a ton for yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, and we always said there's, we always had this theory when we were building One Life. We, we, I think we told some of the guys at Crossroads, we, we think we could put a One Life in your parking lot. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter to your people at all. <laughs> they would still wouldn't <laughs> come. They wouldn't want to be there. They wouldn't be at Crossroads. Oh, so there's awesome. not going to be a threat to anybody sure. attracting people away or that sort of stuff uh, because... Uh, we're very different in some ways, but um quite similar in others and that kind of thing. And a lot of times it's just personalities that jive with certain mm-hmm. things and that's why people go, but Phil is a great guy. So if you are at One Life and you're just <laughs> you <go>. annoyed <laughs> by <laughs> by me or whatever else is going on, man, it's a great place to be. You yeah. got right. a place right down the street. Out, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nice hang out with soon. Phil. Yeah. and. Yeah. You know, until you get annoyed with him, yeah, and you yeah. go somewhere else. That's <laughs> how it that works.
2: That would be great. Oops. Yeah, until uh, one of us has another uh, building campaign, and then we'll kind of swap, <laughs> swap
1: people again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah building campaign. You got. You guys doing one soon? No, uh, I'm just kidding. Right you don't now. have to answer no. that. No. Okay, good. You're not down. No. Okay. It might not be the best first move to make That's when true. you come That's in. That's true. right. <laughs> hey, I've been here three months. Let's build a building. Yeah. yeah. I've, right. about this.
2: I've looked at, like, uh, so why does Walgreens and CVS, you know, end up on the same corner? Yeah, all know, Sometimes. Yeah, it seems like that's just really common. I'm kinda of looking at that going, That doesn't make sense. You you guys sell the exact same things. You know, it seems like
1: Yeah, in the same way. Yes. I mean it's
2: it's it's almost identical. Yeah, just like is it a right turn sure. thing? Like, well, if I'm going this right. direction, I want to turn right into one store versus the other. But yeah. uh,
1: But they do. They they both survive and they thrive. It's 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 fascinating how that works. Yeah. yeah. I love that we can do this together for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I did want to mention too, you mentioned Uncharted and kind of mm. the idea of unification and uh, Collective Night is an event that Uncharted's been doing, um, I think this would be the second year or yes. third year, yeah, second the, year? Uh, it was second year, yeah. You should know this, right? Yeah, I should. On um, yeah. uh, November 8th, and that's going to be at Crossroads. And so it's something where everyone just from the community can come and join and just a night of, of just collectiveness together. It was awesome last year. We had a um, just a great night of worship and time of response. And um, so that'll be coming up on the 8th of yeah, November. Yeah, uh,
1: it was a great opportunity last year, especially uh, City Church was very involved with that. And they will be again this year. And it was, we hosted it. But I'm excited for our people to. You get to go over to Crossroads if you've never been there. You can sure. go in the room and and uh, and don't have to feel responsible for anything at yeah. all if yeah. you volunteer here and you just enjoy yourself. And then walk out uh, and <laughs> leave someone else with the mess, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's it's gonna be great. And then, uh, but it's it's a great to look around and be inside your own building and mm-hmm. see a bunch of people you're not used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great time of. And, and I think it raised kind of the temperature of worship in uh, a way, yeah, above the normal that you're typical uh, that you are used to maybe on a Sunday morning, just because number one, that's why everybody arrived there. Sure. And number two, you kind of do look around and go, wow, this is people from all over the community. And uh, there's something about that that really takes it to a different level. Mm-hmm. I think.
2: Yeah. I think that's again, one of those common things that we can celebrate together. Like we, yeah. we all worship the same God. Let's, let's bond together through that. Yeah. And it's something that's kind of a, you know, center set kind of thing. We're moving toward that together at the same time, as opposed to it's got a Look one 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 way or the other. It's just something exactly, that yeah. And,
1: a, and the enjoy. teams from the different churches are actually putting it together. It's yeah. their. It's a shared. It's a that's shared. Great. event. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I've got a couple of questions for you guys because I don't very often get to sit between two pastors here. So wow. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and come up with some questions <laughs> she didn't on tell the us spot. This was coming. No. Yeah. Um, right. It's like Zach Elfneck. says between two ferns. I have between two pastors. Oh, so there you go. That's, that's well, a well, new a side thing. podcast. It is, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. now what's what's some what's what's the most fun you have? kind of in your current roles something fun
1: in the current role
0: yeah Yeah, it
1: fills the gas so he
2: should answer that first (laughs) I would say the most fun I've had is just meeting people Mm. so uh, one of the things I did and uh, I I kind of was given some advice by a friend hey if you you know as you start you should just kind of have a setting where every person you can just look them in the eyes at one setting and introduce yourself and have them introduce themselves to you and so we did that on the very first day I was in the office but Prior to that, I thought, you know, that's not, not going to be good enough for me. I want to sit down across the table for them. So the very first day I was in the office, I said to my assistant, Connie, hey, would you help me? I want to just schedule 30-minute meetings with every person on the Crossroads staff team. I'd I just love to get to know them just a little bit more personally, hear their story, and uh, would you set that up for me? And she's like, you know there's 66 of them, don't you? I was like, I didn't, but I'm glad I made this <laughs> commitment before I knew that number. and am so, glad it um, came up
1: so you know how many people were there. Yeah. 66?
2: Yeah. So okay. that was quite an undertaking for the per- first 30 to 40 days. I forget right. how long wow. it took, but but across the, the table, I got to sit with people. One, some of those I had known for years, you know, that spanned the time that I would have been gone and others I was meeting for the first time. And so every one of those was a gift. I just really loved that. Mm-hmm. It was really important to me and uh, really meaningful to me. And so you know, I, I've got a whole host of people I'm meeting for the first time. And so that's been really exciting, a lot yeah. of fun. Um, also being part of the creative process, I really enjoy that. So uh, not just, uh, hey, Phil, you got your 35 minutes, come up with something wonderful to say, mm-hmm. but to look at it as a total of maybe 65, 70 minutes and uh, to think about how we can all kind of use the, the uh, gifts that God's given us to create something that's not uh, their thing or his thing or your thing, my thing, but just like what God's doing and so that's brought some real freedom and also some real uh, creativity and I've really enjoyed that. I feel like I've been just a a small piece of that just kind of uh, someone who's received that more than even contributed to that. Those have been two fun things recently since being here. That's awesome.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, but see, yeah, Brett, that, was, that was a great answer. Uh,
0: we, Brett's like you didn't tell me this. I didn't. Ditto. I just yeah, think right. it's fun.
1: Uh, no, I, I do. I enjoy. Uh, we say we do life in groups and teams, and and I my the funnest things that I do around here are with the team. Whenever we, uh, whether it is in the creative process or just interacting about things, and we also have an annual Nerf war, which is probably <laughs> the uh, the most fun I had uh, this time on our. Re- we always do it on a retreat, but we couldn't do it on a retreat because I let the time get away. And so I we believe did you have, actually
0: blamed me recording the podcast. I think I we did. did. Yeah. yeah. The, the so was podcast my was
1: recorded from the retreat. So I blamed Sarah for <laughs> us missing that. But we, so we had it on campus and therefore, and we shut the lights off and uh, it was a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging, and got a lot more, um, yeah, uh, you know, competitive in that way. And so. So I, I did, that had yeah. a blast and that also I, I hurt fun. myself. I bled. It was great. Oh, I mean, it was, it, that was, that was genuinely fun. It really was. And an nerf <laughs> <earth> war. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So in other words, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing your past getting old. So you, if you're bleeding during an nerf war, you're, you're it, not doing so yeah, good. If you yeah. Had, if to had to take aspirin before you went to bed that night, you know that. Yeah. Time, something like that. Yeah, it was hard to walk. walk yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those <laughs> team times. That's my, that's my favorite thing. fun.
0: I feel like I should have another question, but nothing wow, I came you said to me. A couple. I okay, did. You didn't, okay. Well, I I was going to ask something about if it's it's really I don't want to shift too much, but it was more of like as you guys are kind of preparing to teach and communicate frequently. I mean, I know a little bit of what your process looks like. I'm not as familiar with yours, but like you're coming up with new stuff all the time. I think people ask that question a lot. Like, how do you come up with something new so frequently? Mm. Um, obviously, you know it's inspired by God to be able to share this this. um, this information and kind of what he's given you, but um, how do you go through that process? What does that look like?
2: So I can speak a little bit to our process. Yeah. So we just recently uh, retreated to think about. Uh, 2020 what we're going to teach through 2020 and so as we did that we were obviously prayerful about that say god what is it that you want to communicate to your people and how, how can we play a role in that how can we just be your you know your voice uh your hands and feet in that and so uh after kind of charting that out then we kind of take it from there it, it's so that you're not starting from a blank page every mm-hmm. seven days or actually every five days you you finish right. a sermon on Sunday and you have another one waiting on you you know just uh, six seven days uh, yeah. sometimes five if you want to take a day off during the week. Right. right. And so uh, I do better when I don't have to start from a blank page. So right now I could tell you that we have, uh, you know, a topic and a scripture planned out for the rest of 2019 and now all 2020 or 2020. And so that allows me to kind of crockpot a little bit. So it's not, you know, starting from that blank page, but also we already have some direction. We've already thought about some uh, key takeaways, some thesis statements, and that kind of gives a rolling start. And yeah. so that helps tremendously. Um uh, we have some good teammates too. I I'm sure that One Life does as well. So if it was uh me kind of stuck in an ivory tower somewhere <laughs> having to come up with something to say, I would really be uh, you know, right. at a at a short end of that stick. But I appreciate uh the godly people that uh I have around me and uh also it's just amazing when you know you have something to if God's laid something on your heart, it's funny how all these things start to kind of connect to that. And uh, and not stretching or not forcing, but it's like, wow, I just heard that song or I just yeah. saw an article, uh, you know, online or just there's a news story that spoke to that. It just yeah. it's kind of amazing how I think that that's the work of the spirit and how God leads in that. So that's really helpful to know. I don't have to come up with something to say, but right. God's spirit will speak to me and lay that on my heart
1: and and reinforce that. Yeah. Uh, in lots of different ways, too. Yeah, we have a we have a similar process. I think we made it up to fall, right, of next year?
0: Yeah, 2020, yeah we did.
1: Block those things yeah. out. And the, so it was a team effort. On, and you're exactly right. As you know it's coming, and you, I know what's kind of come in the spring, I can kind of, you do, your eyes are open to it, and you'll just sort of collect things through the year. And the other thing that strikes me, too, because this happened to me today, uh, we're doing this Bible study uh, as a staff, and one of the stories you're supposed to read is the story of David and Goliath. Okay. Well, okay, I I know what it is. I've read it before, (laughs) but I hadn't read it uh, probably in five years, at least, something like that. And so when I went back in there, I know I don't read the entire Bible all the way through in a year, just for the record, Uh, but when I went back to it, there was a lot of things that I was like, oh, wow, I forgot that was there, I didn't notice it before, or it had a new meaning because I like to think I've grown a little bit too. So the Bible itself has even the familiar stuff, it, it When you go back to look at it again, it's like, oh, okay, this is this is another layer. This is a different thing. And so it, it kind of has, because it has a life of its own, literally, you kind of pick up on that, which helps a lot. Plus, it's a very large book,
2: so it's, <laughs> it's a got one, a yeah. lot of different yeah. styles in it.
1: It's got all the different literary genres in it and everything. I, I think that helps a lot. It kind of gets your mind going. So just getting into the Bible study side of it will typically kind of fuel new ideas and new thoughts and everything else. But I did have this thought today, though, when we were taping for a leadership thing we were doing, I almost thought about opening by saying, do you guys ever just get tired <laughs> of me talking, especially on this screen? I mean, <laughs> if I were in your shoes, I would. I mean, I was just, I was tired. Listen to me. It was like, so you want fresh stuff. You really, I just had that thought. I was like, man. You should do that. I didn't get like, out for a while. I should have yeah. opened the
2: way. I, was, I got a text from a late. friend Sunday morning right before I was going up to... To teach, and it was a picture of them at uh, Barclay Lake, and oh. they were watching online. They said, uh, "Oh wow!" Say, Pastor Phil's preaching at uh, Barclay Lake, or Lake Barclay today. And I said, I, "I hear I go down better in settings yeah. like that." You oh know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somehow it's <laughs>
1: his greatest message as I'm sitting here on my lawn chair. Really inspiring. That's, right. <laughs> that's right.
0: It's my favorite one. They're like, what was your favorite? Oh, is that one? Oh, we were at Lake Barclay. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's right. I had a close friend that was the senior pastor where I most recently worked, and uh, and he would say often, he's like, "I've never read this before." And it would be like David and Goliath. And people would ask me all the time, like, has has Pastor never read David and Goliath before? But what he was meaning is that it, it's something new, something fresh, or there was just something yeah. he had never noticed yeah. before. And I think that's, you know, the Absolutely. word guys yeah. living and active. And it's, yeah. many times when we may have read something or read it for the first time, it can jump off the page. As Absolutely. As. So. I make a confession all the time is I wish I studied as much uh, on the weeks I don't teach as I do the <laughs> weeks that I am teaching. And like, it's always convicting. Like, you know, yeah. if I have to teach this weekend, I'm digging deep, digging deep, deep, digging deep. If I if I don't have to teach, then sometimes I'm not as studious as I am the right, right, you know, yeah. week prior. So. so confession of a pastor's heart. That's, a, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's, that's a whole right. other one. Yeah, we do. We need Start to do that.
0: that. Well, Phil, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been awesome yeah. for me getting to know you. I hadn't met met you. Uh, I think I briefly met you um, a few um, a few months ago, but can't believe I saw right, you up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just being able to get to know a little bit more about you and kind of hear your journey. And I love hearing the stuff of the excitement of relationships. That's uh, something that fuels me as well. And so it's been fun. Brett, anything else to, that we need to close with?
1: To close with uh, again, because I think everybody's tired of hearing me talking. Probably not that much, other than centered is coming up on October 20th, and I want to keep people anticipating that. And Right now, we're praying towards it, and and some of you are participating in the fast and prayer towards it. So keep it up, and it'll be a it'll be a neat journey.
0: You might have heard my belly growling during this podcast. So, <laughs> um, man, Also, right. people can't see you because apparently the camera died at some point. I just looked up and the screen's off. So. Oh, okay. So it's we have fine. to start all over? No, we, we can face hear. Face. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the audio is still good. So thanks again for joining us, Phil.
2: Awesome. Thanks for the invite.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Podcast. If you heard anything that you want other people to know, we'd totally love it if you share that out on social media and let other people hear it as well. My name is Sarah and I produced this episode and our music was produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If you ever want to contact us at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.